what's actually happening, about 80% of the information on the vagus nerve is coming from the organs going to the brain. That's cool because we all thought it was from the brain to the organs, that it was a control factor. But really what it is, is it's the thermostat. It's getting all the information from every organ. It's finding out what detoxification issues are happening in the liver. What's going on with the microbiome in the gut? What's happening with the immune system in the gut? It's also getting information from the heart, from the lungs, and it's going up and it's then telling the brain, here's what's actually happening. Without that information, there's no way the brain's going to be able to do its jobs. Hello, Awakened Beauties. Finally, it's here. The truth to empower women to true inner beauty through a healthy mind and inner biology. I am your hostess, Cassandra Keel, a 20-year salon owner, organic beauty product formulator, positive mind management, and clinical hypnotherapist. And I am here to help you stay sane, get sleep, and bring your sexy back. Sponsored by evokebeauty.com, evoqbeauty.com. Now, let's get to it. All right, ladies, if you're looking for healthy hair, beautiful skin, and a calm, quiet, clean, collected, powerful mind with superior CBD, go to evokebeauty.com. That's E-V-O-Q-Beauty.com. And you'll receive 25% off your very first order with the code AWAKEN. Again, that's E-V-O-Q-Beauty.com. Use the code AWAKEN for 25% off your first order. Welcome to the Awaken Beauty Podcast. I am Cassandra, your organic beauty, positive mind management, and clinical hypnotherapist. And we have a wonderful episode today, and it's quite timely. And I have to say, by being fully engaged back behind the chair at Beauty Ecology Organic Salon and working with clients with biofeedback and hypnotherapy, there's no doubt that for anxiety and even grief over lost jobs or lost loved ones are top of mind. So desperate to get back to this place of peace and calm or our perceived old normals, we can gather that understanding exactly how our nervous system works and what we can do to calm it can be incredibly empowering. But what does calming your nervous system really mean? So our expert, Our leader, author, and practitioner, Dr. Habib, is here to introduce you to the vagus nerve, the part of the body that seems to explain how our minds control our bodies, how our bodies influence our minds, and the tools that we need to calm them both. Now, a little bit about Dr. Nawaz Habib is Dr. Habib is an author and speaker who empowers his clients and patients to dig 
a little deeper and find the answers to what is holding back their health. In identifying the root causes of health imbalances and addresses them naturally, his patients experience optimal health the way their bodies were meant to feel rather than continuing to deal with the stressors that are holding them back. Now, Dr. Habib's book, which I highly, highly recommend, is Activate Your Vegas Nerve, is simple to follow guide to really help you identify and address these major missing pieces and how to deal with your health concerns at the root. So with no further ado, welcome to the Awaken Beauty podcast, Dr. Habib. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we hopped on the podcast, I want to kind of tell everybody about your exceptional feet yesterday and how many <laughs> miles you rode on that bike of yours. <laughs> so you been training for it. Yes, been training for it for a few months now. Uh, as uh, the lockdown kind of started, we said, well, how do we get outside and do some stuff outside? So we said, we're going to uh, me and a few friends and my father-in-law, we decided that we were going to start biking and uh, we got bikes and we uh, yesterday completed 140 kilometers, 87 miles from Toronto to Niagara Falls, um, which normally would take people about uh, a year to train for. We did it in about three months. So pretty amazing. Oh my God. That is just insane. Uh. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And as I said, you can go take a nap after we're done <laughs> telling everybody about the vagus nerve and such. So, you know, we both have something in common, which is functional medicine. And, you know, kind of like the, the big picture right now is obviously COVID. Now, when I was doing podcasts, like, in March, I'm thinking, okay, we'll get all these COVID podcasts out of the way, but it looks like this is something that really is going to be with us for a while. And I think we both can agree that an optimized immune system is really our best ticket forward in which we both focus on. So, you know, I'd like to hear a little bit about, you know, how you came to functional medicine, kind of what your focus is right now in the practice and kind of what you're up against with the COVID and, and everything else. Certainly. I think it's a great place to start. So my journey into functional medicine really began with my own health challenges that I was experiencing um, in the past. So in my 20s, I was in chiropractic college. I'm a chiropractor by profession. And while I was in school there, learning about health, how to be healthy, how to provide health care to my clients and my patients, I wasn't taking care of myself. And I didn't realize the extent to which my health challenges were really picking up. But by the time I graduated from chiropractic college, I weighed 250 pounds. I had high blood pressure, high blood sugar, borderline diabetes. I was uh, ready to be put on a bunch of medication by my doctor and just was not feeling my absolute optimal self. I really was dealing with significant and very common health challenges that a lot of us do face. And so I said to myself, there's got to be a better way to do this. And so I started focusing on some changes in regards to my diet and trying some weight loss here and there and mild success here and there, but it never really stuck around. Then I was introduced to my mentor who brought me into functional medicine. It's a gentleman by the name of Sachin Patel who introduced me to the whole idea of functional medicine, what functional medicine is, and how to dig deeper, how to really truly understand where these challenges are coming from. In doing so, I was lucky enough to start to figure out what was actually causing the health challenges, the weight issues, the weight being a symptom of something else that was going on. 
that we really needed to focus on where the challenges were truly coming from. And so I did the right functional lab testing. Mm -hmm. I made proper dietary changes. And all of a sudden, weight started to fall off. And I woke up every morning with a ton more energy than I ever had been before. It was just completely energizing. And at the end of it, I lost 75 pounds. I changed my entire diet, my entire lifestyle around. I knew that I didn't want my kids to deal with the same challenges. And I wanted to have the tools to teach my kids how to not have those challenges. So as I got into my 30s, I made sure that they were essentially eliminated and that I knew how to bring health to the forefront of my kids' lives because they're going to have my genetics. So I might as well teach them the way to fix up their environment. That's amazing. And I'm sure it just really, you know, as we transform, it transforms always starts with ourselves and gives us more motivation to really look at our client in a different way, you know, and really empower us because we know if we can instill those habits, we can also help others do the same. And I think without that transformation, we miss those elements. So with functional medicine right now, do you have any perspective on how you are addressing um, just COVID, helping people's immune system be at their best? How are you approaching this situation right now? So for me, the the complete understanding and the, the complete focus is on optimizing immune system function. And I think that goes along with just optimal health. Uh, I, I really do believe that COVID, the virus itself, is something that is transient. Ideally, it's not something that's going to stick around forever. But that said, it really is showing us where our immune systems are lacking, where our health challenges are lacking. And you can see very clearly that it's disproportionately hitting and affecting in a very negative way those dealing with metabolic conditions, with obesity, diabetes, those dealing with blood sugar imbalances, any metabolic concern generally is a major cause of or a major side correlating effect to um, significant effects from COVID itself. And so what that clearly is trying to tell us is those who have metabolic dysfunction, blood sugar imbalance, et cetera, Mm -hmm. far more likely to have immune system uh, dysfunction and thus lead to the negative effects of of anything that could be affecting them in a very negative way. We're just now seeing it because COVID is showing us how severe it can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, have you had any active clients with COVID? Lucky enough, no. Uh, in Toronto, our numbers are not very bad. I've been pretty lucky to not have uh, any anybody. I did have one that uh, tested because she was really afraid, but lucky enough, nobody did test positive. Yeah. And I think that that's like when we're talking about COVID and when we're talking about any viruses, I mean, the word virus and or the concept of viruses is interesting because here we have this, you know, this big thing over here saying COVID. But at the same time, you and I would both understand retroviruses, low-grade viruses, parasites, low inflammation is really the the instigator of draining our immune system. And so, you know, it's Yes, it's to take care of the COVID, but really I try to help my clients understand that it's all these low-grade viruses that kind of plunder us when we get something like this over that lay over the top of it. And so, you know, most of us know that it's the cytokine storm that is kind of causing the, um, you know, the immune system to really tank and all of the, the lungs and all is happening with COVID. All right, ladies, if you're looking for healthy hair, beautiful skin, and a calm, quiet, clean, collected, powerful mind with superior CBD, 
go to evokebeauty.com. That's E-V-O-Q beauty.com. And you'll receive 25% off your very first order with the code AWAKEN. Again, that's evoqbeauty.com. Use the code AWAKEN for 25% off your first order. So, you know, you are an expert in the vagus nerve. And so I want to kind of talk about that today because it is a free tool that is totally accessible to us that we can self-regulate. And I think if we can just put some precedence around the just the narrow in on the profound effects of it and maybe you can give us background exactly the 101, where it's at in the body. And then we can end with some tips on how we can activate it. Because, you know, when we talk about inflammation, you know, you can tell us a little bit about this, but inflammatory cytokines is the number one thing that the vagus nerves turn down. So why don't you go ahead and just talk to us a little bit about why you became so um, passionate about this very topic and then give us the 101. Absolutely. So as a chiropractor, really did have a lot of education based in the nervous system and really understanding the nerves, understanding the anatomy, which was a really, really big piece of the puzzle and and really was was a really intriguing factor for me. Because as I was learning about anatomy, which I absolutely love, any of my classmates will attest to, I was the first one into the anatomy lab and the last one to leave. So I, I really did enjoy it. But the vagus nerve always intrigued me because it was the only cranial nerve. So we have 12 pairs of cranial nerves that come out of our brain stem which is Mm -hmm. just below our actual brain. And there's 12 pairs of nerves that come out of there. And only one of those 12 nerves actually leaves the head cavity. It actually comes down and that's the vagus nerve. And it comes down through the neck and it is actually, and it'll tell you just how important the nerve truly is because the vagus nerve courses down through the neck with your carotid artery and your jugular vein. Mm. That is huge because the carotid artery is the blood vessel that brings blood, oxygenated blood to the brain. And the jugular vein is what takes the deoxygenated deoxygenated blood away from the brain. So the blood vessels that are bringing the airflow and, and the oxygen to the brain are coursing alongside this nerve that people are like, oh, it has a vague idea of what it does, which is why it's actually called the vagus nerve, because it then courses down through the neck into the thorax, innervates the heart, innervates the lungs, continues through the diaphragm, goes down into the abdomen, and then innervates, and I'm probably going to miss an organ here, stomach, small intestine, large intestine, gallbladder, liver, pancreas, spleen, kidneys, you name it, every organ in the abdomen is innervated by the vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. And so when anatomists were initially looking through this, they said, well, this doesn't course to any specific thing. It's very vague. We should just call it the vagus nerve. The wanderer. And that's essentially what they did. And so what really brought my attention to this was, how is this one nerve going to all these different places? Why is it so important? And when we were in school, and any other uh, chiropractor, functional medicine doctor, even conventional doctors will tell you the vagus nerve controls what's called the parasympathetic nervous system, which is a branch of our autonomic nervous system. So think of it this way, just to very much simplify the idea the autonomic nervous system is comprised of uh, messages that come from the brain to the body, telling us what state we're in and automatically controlling function. So I'm not consciously thinking about beating my heart. I'm not consciously thinking about detoxifying 
things in my liver or secreting digestive enzymes on my own. My body is automatically doing that for me. And so in order for that to happen, we need automatic signals to go there. And that's part of what the vagus nerve does. The vagus nerve controls the rest and digest functions of the body. And then when stressors come up, we have an automatic response that puts us into the sympathetic side of the autonomic nervous system. And that's called our fight and flight system. Mm -hmm. So the primary driver of the parasympathetic nervous system is the vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. But here's the crazy thing. Only 15% of the information on the vagus nerve is parasympathetic. What about the other 85? What else is happening inside that nerve to go up or down and tell the body and tell the brain what's actually happening? And so this really intrigued me. As I was going through, I was trying to figure out, well, why is this so important? Where else is this information coming from? And we found out that What's actually happening, about 80% of the information on the vagus nerve is coming from the organs going to the brain. That's cool because we all thought it was from the brain to the organs, that it was a control factor. But really what it is, is it's the thermostat. It's getting all the information from every organ. It's finding out what detoxification issues are happening in the liver. What's going on with the microbiome in the gut? What's happening with the immune system in the gut, which by the way, 70% of your immune cells are located in the gut-associated lymphatic tissue or lymphoid tissue, literally on the borders of your gut. So it is the gut-brain connection, the physical connection of the microbiome and the gut immune system to the brain. It's also getting information from the heart, from the lungs, and it's going up and it's then telling the brain, here's what's actually happening. Without that information, there's no way the brain's going to be able to do its job. So this is why I'm so intrigued by what the vagus nerve is and does. And that's why I decided to write the book. Yeah, I think, I think it's, um, it really is profound. And it's, it's, it's science that has always been there. And it's very bi-directional conversation with the body. And I think we really excuse, you know, Jim Quick always talks about you don't pay attention to, to what you don't see. And, and that's the brain, right? Yeah. So his focus is on the brain. And even with subconscious and conscious beliefs with hypnotherapy, it's it's the bi-directional neural receptors that are constantly in our biofield that are always regulating. And I like how you use thermostat. They're always regulating this hypervigilant, am I safe or am I not safe? You know, and I know Dr. Porges does a lot of this kind of research too and really focuses on just that hypervigilant emotional interaction. Yeah. And our bodies are made to protect us. Our brain is made to want us to be safe. And so I love that you really pointed out that more information is coming from the organs, specifically the gut, the heart, and that these have an energetic impulse, literally an impulse that's generating back to the brain to then put us into that next step that we need to take. And I love how you kind of explain, you know, just kind of like if, if you think of like a faster beat would be the sympathetic and a slower beat is parasympathetic. And I think of that elect- electricity too, based on the energetics and how the body just is in that kind of constant fight or flight state. And as we could both agree, obviously the vagus nerve is something that we can really take care of right now and help implement because everyone is in a fight or flight hypervigilant state right now. The fear of the unknown is one of the scariest things that people can experience. 
especially when it comes to their health. I think that what you just explained as far as we always think that our brain's in control, it's actually the opposite. It's taking care of the gut microbiome. It's making sure that our, you know, the heart is calm down through heart math type activities. So maybe we can talk a little bit about, you know, what are some ways that we can engage with our vagus nerve and, you know, maybe just some simple things that you help with your clients at your practice. Yeah, a wonderful place to go. I love how you put that. And, and I think it really does matter just exactly understanding that and, and putting into, into practice the fact that you need to trust that your brain can do the job, that your body, that your cells can do the job. All you need to do is provide it the right environment, provide it the right tools, nutrition, environment around you, staying away from all the inorganic chemicals and staying away from all of the the challenging stressors that come into our bodies. I talk about four different types of stressors that cause us to go into that sympathetic state. Those four are biochemical stressors, which include things like um, pesticides and herbicides, plastics that are off-gassing everywhere and, and BPA and all the things that are around there. I talk about the physical stressors, which is a lot of us are sitting at our desks in our hunched over positions, in terrible positions. We're not allowing ourselves to breathe correctly. We're actually not using our diaphragms to breathe, which is really quite sad. And it's a huge major piece of why we get into that sympathetic state. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then the other two are emotional and psychological stressors, things that might've come up in the past, traumatic incidents in the past, Things that come up when your boss walks over and taps you on the shoulder and says, I need to see you in my office right now. And that anxiety that shows up when that happens. Those are all stressors that'll push us into that sympathetic, dominant fight or flight state. Really, really wonderful book, The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. He talks a lot about how 70% of people at any given time are in that state. And that's crazy. We should actually be in the parasympathetic state about 70 to 80% of the time. We should be resting, digesting, recovering, thriving, rather than simply looking to survive in that sympathetic fight and flight state. And so, so many of us are in that state because we're under all of these stressors. We're right. constantly allowing these stressors to come in. So those stressors, there's some that we can actually have major effects on and some that take a little bit more work, a little bit, little bit more in depth. So In the acute state, when we need to get into a more calm zone, there's certain exercises that I highly recommend to my patients that'll make a huge difference in shifting your state to that parasympathetic side. The first one is learning how to breathe correctly and literally taking three simple deep breaths, but using your diaphragm to do so. I love one of my uh, former colleagues, Jared Siegler, who is a functional neurologist, an absolute genius, one of the smartest guys I've ever met. He said the breath is the window to the autonomics. It's the only way to really truly control the autonomic nervous system, that shift between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic side. And when he said that to me, it really sparked this idea that everything that we're going to eventually do comes back to that breath. And when we're under stress, we don't breathe correctly. We breathe using our accessory breathing muscles. We, ye- we breathe using our chest, our traps. How many of us have tight muscles up top in our traps and upper back shoulders and our neck area? We're dealing with this mechanical stress, but it's because we're using these muscles as our breathing muscles, not our diaphragm, which is the ones that we really should be using primarily for the 
Brett. Quick, a quick note on that. My massage therapist always says, you lift too many weights and you use your blow dryer too much. I'm like, mm, maybe that's because of my breathing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very common that's occurrence. Very good point. So, For you, listeners of Awaken Beauty Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com slash Awaken Beauty Podcast. That's www.audibletrial.com Awaken Beauty Podcast. One of the things that I have my clients do, and I do this with everybody that I eventually talk to, is I'll have them put one hand on their chest and one hand on their belly. Just sit and take a deep breath and focus on which hand is moving. And the hand that should not be moving is the one that's on your chest. Mm -hmm. The hand that should be moving, as you breathe in, your belly should actually be expanding. So your bottom hand should actually be moving forward. And as you breathe out, it should be moving in. It's almost like the expansion of a balloon. And what's really important about that is what it's also doing. We think the diaphragm is just focused on the breath, but what's right underneath the diaphragm is every single one of those abdominal organs Mm -hmm. and the abdominal organs need to move to actually have things happen. So Mm -hmm. as the diaphragm is coming down, allowing the vacuum to occur in the lungs, we're actually massaging out the organs below it. We're actually getting the liver a little bit of motion and we're getting some peristalsis in our gut and getting motion to occur and allow uh, our food to move through the intestines and actually uh, release. Uh, How many people are dealing with IBS and chronic constipation and challenges with SIBO and CIFO and and all of these things that are going on? And we'll go and we'll throw as many pills as we can at it, antibiotics, herbals, and it doesn't go away. It's because they're not breathing correctly. They're because they're not activating their vagus nerve. They're not allowing that peristalsis, that physical motion to occur to push those bacteria into the large intestine where they're supposed to be rather than the small intestine where they are. So this is a really wonderful tool that all practitioners should be using with their clients and recommending to their clients. But just taking that time to learn to breathe, especially when you're noticing that you're under stress, just take a moment and take three deep, calm breaths using your diaphragm, and you'll notice an immediate switch in your in your state. It's, it's really remarkable what three deep breaths can do. Yeah, it's the first thing I do with any of my clients dipping into hypnotherapy until they're breathing correctly, I won't move forward. It's yeah. a great first lesson to learn how to, you know, obviously out of hypnosis, start to integrate that calm state of mind and then anchoring other things with it. But every night I go to bed, self-hypnosis, breathing is intact. So it can just become like this trigger response that when you're in that fight or flight state that you boom, you just know to constantly engage back with your breath. So great point. Love it. So why don't we do maybe two or three more of different tools that we could utilize to engage the vagus nerve? Yeah, perfect. So the next one that I recommend has a lot to do with the extra 5% of the information on vagus nerve that I did not talk about earlier. So I said that about 80% of the information on vagus is coming from the organs to the brain, the afferent information. 15% is parasympathetic, going to the organs, telling them what to do, trying to be in that parasympathetic state. There's 5% that's missing. And so 3% of the information on vagus nerve is actually going to the muscles of the larynx around the laryngeal, around the vocal cords, Mm -hmm. and the back of the throat, the actual airway muscles 
that we have control over. That's really important. And the last 2% is actually sensory information coming from the skin of the ear. Hmm. Just a little area in, inside the ear, not on the outsides necessarily, but just on the inside area of the ear. And so these are two tools that we can actually use to help to stimulate the vagus nerve. And that's what I talk a lot about in the book. Okay. So there's two or three exercises that I'll go over that are really, really awesome that really help to push us into that parasympathetic state, really activate that vagus nerve. The first one is going to be humming. Humming before a meal, humming when you're uh, sitting at your desk, humming when you're, or singing while you're in your car on your commute to work or whatever it is. These are great tools because when we hum, we're actually activating the muscles around the vocal cords. When we do so, when we are humming, we're actually vibrating those muscles and we're stimulating the vagus nerve to do that job. So the more information that the vagus nerve gets to do, the more tonicity or the more action or the more function vagus nerve can have, even in other areas. If we get the nerve to be strong, it's going to create a positive effect in other places. And it's going to stimulate that parasympathetic area, shifting our state as well. So what I get my patients to do, and I do this actually with my daughter, who's three years old, Anytime she's feeling really riled up or extra uh, riled up, especially before a meal, I'll sit her down at the table and we'll all, the family will all just hum together for one minute. We'll just sit there and go, hmm. It's so and great. she loves it and she laughs and she jokes around and it makes her feel really happy, but it's also very parasympathetic. It's very calming. And so what I know I'm doing when I do that is I'm helping her shift her state into a digestive strong state, getting her digestion prepped and ready so that when the meal does come, her body is prepared and ready to actually use the nutrients that she's eating. So I love doing humming as a really simple tool. Very cool. I love that. Another one that's very much associated with that and something that anybody can do in the morning, in the evening, you're brushing your teeth, you're going and like every day we're going to go and make sure that our, our, we're getting rid of all the bacteria and the plaque in there. Why not adding in a little bit of gargling? Gargling is actually one of those fun tools that my dad used to do, and he still does uh, to this day. Um, and I used to laugh at him and say, Dad, what are you gargling? That's so weird. What are you doing? But he would take his glass, warm water, a little bit of salt, and he would gargle three times every day in the morning and the evening without fail. And I laughed at him and laughed. And then I did some research and gargling came up and I said, oh my God, my dad knew what he was doing. And that's why he's <laughs> such a healthy 72 right now. It's so great. So gargling does the exact same thing. It stimulates those same muscles around the vocal cords. We're sitting there, we've got some water in our mouth. It goes into the back of our throat. We're making sure to create that gargling sound when we, do, when we get as deep into our throat as possible. But what we're also doing is making sure not to aspirate that water. So we're actually making sure that the muscles at the back of the throat are allowing water to stay in one area and air to flow through the other. Hmm. It's actually one of the best exercises that you can do to really have a positive effect on two different areas within the same uh, nerve and really, really affect positive change in there. And then if you add a little bit of salt and into that warm water, what you're also going to do is break up some of that extra plaque that can get down into the back of the throat and help to uh, get rid of some of the extra stuff that we can't reach with our toothbrush. So Wonderful, wonderful tool with gargling. What I recommend is three sips of 30 seconds of gargling in the morning and the evening. It's a wonderful tool. I even get my daughter to do that now as well. Yeah, I love that. That's really great. I am um, talking about low-grade infections. I just uh, had two cavitations in my 
mouth removed. I hung on as long as I could, but knowing how bad low-grade infections were, I just had to get rid of some older that were poorly done. Mm -hmm. Um, But been doing the gargling for a week, and I definitely want to keep that up. And it's a double win, getting my vagus nerve involved. Now, one of the other things is, you know, obviously with women, whether it's hormonal, it's stress, it's cortisol holding in the tummy area, you know, bloating digestion is, you know, probably one of the symptoms of having a dysfunctioning vagus nerve. Um, You know, what are some kind of gut dysbiosis tips that you have around the vagus nerve? Yeah, wonderful uh, place to go for sure. So dysbiosis is really the one of the main triggers for why we have such digestive dysfunction in, in our society. It's rampant. And yeah. I see it all the time. And these exercises that I'm talking about will make a major difference for anybody who does them consistently. And this is the key. Consistency is the key, especially for something that's simple and free like this to be able to do. Consistency plays a major role in being able to address this. But one of the other things that I recommend that can play a really, really awesome role in in lowering inflammation, getting those immune system cells under control, just being able to put the brakes on that low-grade inflammatory response that we have is something like cold showers. Mm -hmm. Cold showers are hyper anti-inflammatory. It's something that I did actually, funny enough, I wouldn't have, like, I did my entire bike ride. We got a hotel room at, uh, at Niagara Falls. And the first thing I did was jump into the shower and turn it on to as cold as I possibly could. Literally just turn the knob ever so slightly and I had this nice cold shower cooling me down first off, which was one really nice thing. But the effect of cold water on you, what it does is it shocks your system. Right. And it shocks you to the point where it actually changes your breath into that sympathetic breath. And then you play your mental game and you say, nope, this is not stressful. I can control this. And then you push yourself into that diaphragmatic breathing again. And you just become very conscious that this stressor is not actually causing you threat or harm. It's not actually something that's negative towards you. It just calms you right down and it pulls you into the state to be able to handle stressors that come up at other times. And so we get into that deep breathing, diaphragmatic functioning exercise. And what it does is it really shifts us into that state of anti-inflammatory. So this morning I woke up, I was a little sore, but it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be, especially. So that cold shower really does play a really, really wonderful role in allowing you to shift into that very parasympathetic state. And I think it'll actually play a wonderful role for anybody who's dealing with the dysbiotic type of issue. If you can really train that breath. So breathing is one thing, but if you want to take that to the next level, it's like adding weights onto a squat, for example. Air squats are great, they're, they're wonderful weight-bearing exercise, but if you want to add more weight to it, you really want to challenge yourself, throw a barbell onto the back and then add 10 pounds and 20 pounds and 50 pounds, whatever your body can actually handle, and you're actually, your squat's going to get better. So why not improve your breath the same way by adding stress to the breath and then learning how to breathe under stress? Mm. That's a really, really wonderful tool. I really like uh, cold showers to help with that for sure. I've never heard it explained in that way. And I really appreciate it because, you know, people are like, why in the hell would I do cryo in my shower? <laughs> you know, but I, you know, I definitely am engaged in that too. And it is a, it is a mind game because, you know, it's kind of like you, you kind of test yourself how much longer you can go the next time and how much more you can expose yourself while keeping calm. And 
I didn't think of it that way as far as training the body in a stress state to engage in the parasympathetic state. I think yeah. that's really a key thing for people to tune into, um, no pun intended, to the tone of the Vegas when you're trying to take a shower. So I think that's really, really incredible. And I think, you know, you'd agree that, you know, all the stress states of the body, considering you just talked about the 85% being that kind of thermometer generated through the vagus nerve that, you know, we could sit and name every single symptom that is caused by the vagus nerve, but really it's the whole system because everything works together that the more we can clean up the stressors in our lifestyle, you know, I call it the 80-20, you know, 80% we're in control of, 20% is genetic, fine, great. That gives us a lot of something to play with. Then layering the 85% over that with, you know, really truly being able to control our environment in those four different spaces of stress. And it really is our own responsibility to not just listen to what you're saying today, but to really truly go and, you know, take these different, you know, just basic exercises and to do them. All right, ladies, if you're looking for natural organic solution-based beauty and superior CBD, Go to evokebeauty.com, that's E-V-O-Q-Beauty.com and receive 25% off your very first order with the code AWAKEN. Again, that's E-V-O-Q-Beauty.com. Type in the code AWAKEN for 25% off your first order. I think one last thing I wanted to just touch on because, you know, some people, some chiros have the tools, some don't. Heart math is when I first learned about HRV, but maybe you could just talk a little bit about the power of the heart rate variability and how that integrates with the vagus nerve. Yeah, great space to go. I love being able to track HRV. So Mm -hmm. people often ask me like, well, vagus nerve, how do I know that it's working? Or how do I know if it's not working? What are the the telltale signs? And there's a couple of different tests you can do, but nothing is as strong as measuring what's called your heart rate variability. Not your heart rate in terms of beats per minute, Mm -hmm. but variability that's added on. What that means is the measurement in milliseconds between one beat to the next beat to the next beat, that measurement in time averaged out over a period of time gives you a a number called your heart rate variability. And so this number will come out in milliseconds. Essentially, what we're looking for is a high variability, okay? Mm -hmm. What we want is a higher number to come out on that HRV number. What that means is we don't want the heartbeat to be completely rhythmic. We don't want it to be 100 milliseconds to 100 milliseconds to 100 milliseconds to 100 milliseconds. That's not good. What we actually want to see is some sympathetic response and then some parasympathetic response and then some sympathetic response and some parasympathetic. What that does is it shifts the milliseconds to 150 to 120 to 160 to 100. And what that does is it creates a higher variability. And that's a sign that the vagus nerve is working correctly. Higher variability in the average number of milliseconds between beats is what we're looking for. And that is a direct sign that your vagus nerve is working well or not. So the lower numbers, when we're looking at numbers like the teens and the twenties, we're not getting high enough in that variability. We're very much sitting in that sympathetic dominant fight or flight zone. As we shift up into that thirties, forties, 
into the 50s, we're doing okay. We're starting to get to a point where your vagus nerve is actually functioning a little bit better. It's not completely poor, but it could be improved. Then we get into the 60s and 70s and potentially even the 80s. And this is where we're getting really, really comfortable, really, really strong vagus nerves. And then you'll notice the high-end athletes, the really, really optimal recovery type people, um, really, really high-end triathletes and, and professional athletes can get up into that 90s and 100s and 110 milliseconds. So, so that scale. So are you saying fun. that, sorry, I didn't mean to, so I can get a visual. The What we want to look for are the hills and the valleys versus kind of this monotone. We're kind of seeing that it's not um, strong enough where we have this strength to be able to regulate into this high and low. Is that kind of what you're saying? Basically, the idea okay. is we want to be able to go through those hills and valleys and not just sit on a very flat road. So anytime a stressor does come up, our vagus nerve should be able to bring us back down. And then the stressor comes up and our vagus nerve ah, should be able to so bring us back down. So that's where you hit it. That's exactly. where you hit it. So the the pinpoint is, you know, because you'll see a lot of different HRV and, you know, everybody wants to say like this fluid flow versus like this schematic is kind On of heart actually, math. Yes, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yes. So it's kind of the opposite. So it's the body's, it's a strong state of the vagus nerve given that it's able to bring it back down into that state so that it can back, go back into homeostasis. Exactly. So okay. what that then does, that curve is actually that, that optimal curve is the ability to manage those stressors as they come up. Our vagus nerve is not right. constantly sending out information. It's not a rapid response system. It's a little slower. Okay. So it, it's looking for the stress and then responding accordingly and looking Love for it. the stress and responding accordingly. And that's what we want. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That is the that is the best explanation I've heard of HRV to in layman terms ever. <laughs> Love it. So thank you for sharing that. I've, this is great. So is there anything else that you would want to share about the vagus nerve? Obviously, you have your wonderful book out there. We really want to share that with people. You've got it. Yeah. Activate your vagus nerve. Absolute pickup. Love it. And you're going to be starting your own podcast in the next month or so. So we'll Absolutely. look forward to that. Now, what's the focus on your podcast? It's going to be called the Health Upgrade Podcast. We're cool. going to speak with um, specific people and a lot of stuff coming from me directly on how uh, high performers can really look to optimize their health overall. Yeah, love that. Absolutely. We really need high performing leaders right now in today's world as we all are waking up and really transitioning into a state to bringing the health education, our own, um, you know, our own direct response to how we can regulate our life and our health. So that'll be wonderful. I can't wait to, to listen to the podcast. And, you know, something I always ask our guests is something that you've awakened to lately in, in your own personal life. And given your, you know, your first mentor, I remember sitting in a function medicine seminar with a bunch of people and you know he was pouring a bunch of different things into a blender and basically was talking about the vaccinations and at that moment my whole life changed you know 18 years ago and how we would facilitate the salon and our products and all of that and dr patel kind of did that for you and in one of his quotes is great health doesn't just change your present great health changes your possibilities and, you know, I think that that is so true, especially in the time right now. So I want to ask you, what is something that you personally, whatever it is, doesn't have to be Vegas nerve at all. Obviously, you just got through your bike ride. It's something you've personally awakened to as of late. I've awakened to the idea that nothing is more powerful than hope. Mm -hmm. I think 
too many people allow themselves to be victims of their environments, allow themselves to not make decisions because somebody else has made a decision for them, mm-hmm. allow themselves to not experience what true hope means and realize that what we are all here to do in our own specific, amazing, spectacular, superpowered way is to provide hope to other people. And without hope, nothing drives in this world. I, I really truly believe that when people have hope, they can accomplish anything. If there's a possibility that something amazing could potentially happen, if there's a possibility that I could reach Niagara Falls on my bike with a couple of friends and get down there within a few months of training, I was going to make it happen. And without hope, the possibility would never even have been there. Without hope, I wouldn't even have seen the intent of a finish line or the possibility of that. But possibility and hope really do Uh, align with me. And I think that hope really is the driver of everything. Yeah, I love that. Hope and then gather with motivation because without the vision, you know, that passion with combined with the hope wouldn't have gotten you to the finish line. And each of us have a very independent story that is very much needed a part of this bigger cosmos around us. And, you know, more than ever, have we realize that this is a that we are global we are in a cosmos altogether we share this biofield and you know it's become so restrictive and contractive and i love the word hope because it 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 really is just an enlightening word that really opens up the possibility to what you said that there's possibility moving forward with light life with a calm, quiet, powerful, peaceful mind that comes within us. And obviously it starts with calming down your vagus nerve. hundred <laughs> percent. So I just love it. Thank you so, so much for joining us on the Awaken Beauty podcast. Can you please share your pod or your website so that people can go and see what you got going on? Absolutely. You can find out more about the, the practice and everything that we do at healthupgraded.com. Awesome. And thank you, all of my listeners, wherever you like your favorite podcast, make sure you hit the ding and put five stars. And until next time, stay sane, get your sleep and bring your sexy back. All right, ladies, if you're looking for natural organic solution-based beauty and superior CBD, go to evokebeauty.com. That's E-V-O-Q-Beauty.com and receive 25% off your very first order with the code AWAKEN. Again, that's E-V-O-Q-Beauty.com. Type in the code AWAKEN for 25% off your first order. Well, hello, Awaken Beauty. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Were you inspired? Please leave a comment or your own personal aha moment so others can capture exactly what you did. Also, please like and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you're interested in high quality natural products for your hair, skin, and wellness, including organic, CBD, please visit evokebeauty.com. Again, that is evokebeauty.com, E-V-O-Q-Beauty.com. And until next time, darling, stay sane, get sleep, and bring your sexy back.